Hey, how's it going? Welcome to Life in Comedy. I'm your host, Will Becton. As the name implies, this is a show about comedy and comedians. Am I a comedian? I'm not sure. But I do know that I've been around a ton of funny people and don't seem to get tired of it. I performed at the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater in New York in the early 2000s, so I guess you could say my training was in improv. I also worked at Conan for about 12 years and was around a lot of stand-ups during my time there. I'm curious about what comedians have in common as well as what they don't have in common. Were all comedians class clowns in high school? Not necessarily. Is stand-up a more valid form of comedy than improv? There seems to be some debate about that. I want to find out what drives certain people to do certain types of comedy, because sometimes it doesn't really seem all that voluntary. My guest today is Bobby Moynihan. Bobby was at UCB around the same time I was. Bobby was also on Saturday Night Live for nine seasons, which is impressive. It was great catching up with Moynihan and hearing what he had to say about his journey thus far. Hello. Hey, man. How are you? Thanks for doing this. I'm Thank good. Thank you for having me. Bobby and I know each other through UCB in the early 2000s. Which is, That's a I bank. Forgot. It's a bank. Yeah. That's correct. <laughs> Savings and loan, actually. <laughs> <laughs> How did you find out about the theater? I remember, I think I was doing a play in the city. God, what was it? It was called Final Exit. <laughs> okay. Very, very, like a black box theater. Like, are uh, we all dead? Like one of those, <laughs> uh, it was a very noble effort. Yeah. And, uh. I was walking back to Grand Central and just taking like a weird route. And I think I just was just walking around the city and I just saw the Upright Citizens Brigade sign. Oh, yeah. Like the symbol. This was the 22nd Street? On, on 22nd yeah, Street. Yeah. And I remember going like, oh, well, I love that TV show. Yeah, yeah. And then went in and saw Pound? Yeah. I think it was like Colton Dunn. All the Naked Babies. Ari Vukitis. Yeah, And yeah. it was like they were doing an improv show. And I remember I knew Ari Vukitis because he was in a band called Ska King Crab. I didn't know that. <laughs> He's in like a ska band in <laughs> Westchester County. Oh, like, man. How come like I didn't my, know that? My good friends were in a band called Jiker, and like they knew him. Oh, like I weirdly yeah. knew of Ari Vukitis. Yeah, yeah. And uh, then he did a scene with Colton, and Colton opened a fake window and climbed out, and it got a huge laugh. And I was like, oh, I want to do this. Totally. Like, this is what I want to do. Yeah, Colton, man. That guy yeah. could bring it. All he was, I mean, he'd Still. already done stuff in Minnesota prior. So I was in level yeah. one with him, but he was already like, well, yeah, on his he's way. one of those just born to do it. Totally. Yeah. Um, but I think that was it. Like, and, and then like immediately like dropped everything and just kind of hung out there until I got SNL. <laughs> yeah. So you, to, to, until you started <laughs> getting no. like paid to do things. Yeah. It was <laughs> a, it was a long process, but it was the best. Yeah. I mean, those were like the, it's funny to look back now at those days and it's it's nuts. Like everyone we knew is working and like it's nuts. Yeah, it really is. I mean, I was pretty aware of that at the time, but you never, you, you don't know the specifics of how things are going to play out. You know, like it's fun to see like the different routes people have taken, whether whether by design or, or just happenstance. Like, yeah, I see now, now the overwhelming thing for me is just how absolutely naive I was to the entire thing. And, yeah. And still feel that way. Yeah. Yeah. But like, yeah, it's just bonkers. Yeah. I wasn't looking that far ahead. Uh, I just, I just wanted to get on that stage. Uh, so you were on Police Chief Rumble, and I like to read the, uh, the names off the Herald teams just because it's fun to hear all these names together. 
Katie Dippold, Angeliki George, Jeff Hiller, Chris Kula, David Martin, Will McLaughlin, Bobby Moynihan, Charlie Sanders. Yeah, the funniest improv team ever. That was, I mean, <laughs> you, you got a SNL performer, you got a Key and Peele writer, Parks and Rec, and, and you know, screenwriter, and everybody on that list is fucking amazing, so... Katie's fine. Yeah. No. <laughs> Katie's a good one. Well, Katie, you know, uh, yeah. if, if anybody probably needs to be the smartest down a peg, us, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> probably, probably the most talented out yeah. of all of us. Um, yeah, the best of the best. I love them with all my heart. We we email every birthday the same oh. exact bits we've been doing for 20 years. <laughs> Sinbad's mentioned a lot. We love Sinbad. I saw Sinbad. I, I looked at the, the Improv <laughs> Resource Center wiki, which I'm assuming is like a continuation of, of the Kevin Mullaney thing, I, mm-hmm. I assume. But that, yeah, they talked about unjustified Sinbad impersonations, and 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 one thing jumped out at me. Wait, this is d- document that yeah. that makes me so happy. Yeah, this is this is wicked. And then uh, sideways Dracula. What, yep. is, what is that? Exactly what it sounds like. <laughs> it's just Dracula, make... but he's like this. <laughs> he's just sideways. Did did you guys trade off doing sideways Dracula, or was that one? It was person's... more of a punishment. It was just like if you were walking and no one had something, it would just be like. Whatever, Sinbad, or like, or here comes Sinbad, here comes Sideways Dracula, because we were great. <laughs> that's amazing. Because we were comedians who followed the rules. Yeah. Well, that's the other thing is they said they said you were kind of like you know troublemakers and and broke the rules or whatever. What was that? Like, I have no idea. Was that intentional or was that just <laughs> that's just like a way y'all? No, meshed? I think we were just like a silly group of people that got <laughs> along and like it was all so naive and wonderful, and we were just. Ha- it, it, it's funny to me, like to think about the politics of it because yeah. I think there's like the part of me that understands now all that stuff and like like what we were supposed to be doing but like what it boiled down to was a bunch of people in Boston Market crying because their improv team got broken up like it's so yeah, yeah. it was more emotional for me than like calculated yeah I don't I don't know I feel so naive about everything no I mean I will <laughs> in hindsight like just going like we just wanted to be funny like no funny trumps everything else you yeah. know but yeah and then you guys did a uh sketch show which Fogelnest directed piece of bullshit pie yeah that's cool that was a blast like that's just even hearing you say that like yeah we did like we did that like we were so eager there was such a like we're going to do a show. Like it was, it was the best. It was yeah. the best time of my life. I mean, easily. I, I was on team Brooklyn with Charlie Sanders oh, the, and I that mean, guy's absolute fucking genius. man. Is that guy funny? The funniest, the yeah. funniest. Were you guys ever kind of like writing partners or, or just did a lot of stuff together? Like, I mean, yeah, forever buffoons, me, him, and Eugene Cordero. And Eugene's really funny, yeah. too. The, the greatest. Yeah. It was great seeing him in the uh, History of the World Part Two. I think he's in, like, the Landing Craft sketch or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, I love the stuff that you did before SNL, like, kind of in the interim. I don't really know. I might be getting the timeline wrong. But uh, Derek Comedy, like, you did some stuff with mm-hmm. them, right? Was it kind of obvious that Donald Glover would just be on some sort of rocket ship to become who he became, or was he just kind I of mean, like no. a young, guy, I mean, young no, funny guy? No, in the sense of like all, all I remember was like the three of them. Like it was like DC, Dom, and Donald. Like I remember showing up. They were like, "Hey, we're shooting a movie. Do you want to be in it?" And I was like, "Sure." But like when I showed up, there was like a table for catering. And like a lighting truck. And I was like, oh, like different than what you're used to seeing at that time. Like, well, I just remember immediately thinking like these 
kids who are like five or six, whatever years younger than me are in college and they're already like making a movie. Yeah. Like I remember thinking like, whoa, yeah, these guys know what they're doing. Totally. I got a phone call like, what are you doing Sunday? Can you stop by DC's place? We're shooting this video. And I went by for an hour and cut to 25 years later in an airport. Anytime I pass anyone from the military, they're like, bro, right from Terracotta. Like, <laughs> and it's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was oh my 23 God. years ago. <laughs> That's like, so crazy. It was, it's just so they were fun and wonderful. And they, they would be like, do you want to do this? And then the next day you would be at like a shoot at their house. Yeah. And I remember thinking like, these guys get stuff done. Like we were lazy. Buffoons was like, well, we'll get to it. <laughs> I know. I, I, yeah. For me, I, it makes me think of uh, Dan Powell because I was in oh, the syndicate yeah. with Dan Powell. And, so funny. And he was old, but he, yeah, really funny, but just hyper organized and just really like, like I, I would look at him and I'd be like, because he was a little bit younger too. And I'd be like, Jesus Christ, this guy's like rolling calls, like, yeah. you know, like on break at practice. Everybody else is kind of fucking around and he's like, you know, researching a daily show. I'm not good at that side no. of it. He's great. But he, uh, I remember him, Ed Helms and Charlie Sanders had a show that I think I saw every yeah. single performance. Charlene. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. The best. I loved that group. I still remember, I can't remember the specifics of it, but whatever the thing it was where uh, Helms was an audience plant that are like, there was one, <laughs> oh, yeah. it was really funny. <laughs> They did a pretty good job of kind of hiding his like like the fact that he was in there. And mm -hmm. everybody was like, whoa, what the <laughs> <laughs> um, and then uh human giant. Did you write for human giant or how what was the involvement? <laughs> human giant is always kind uh, of a mystery to me. I don't know if that's the right word for it. I think me and Charlie showed up. They were kind enough to say, Hey, do you want to come work on an episode? We sat there all week and like wrote some bits. I remember one bit we wrote was Paul Shear was a guy named Micro Dave, who had a microwave in his belly. Oh, man. He was part man, part microwave. And everyone just wanted to hang out with him because he had a microwave in his belly. And it didn't get on. And I think that was it. <laughs> we left him for that. Oh, my God. That's hilarious. I just remember it was like a cool like experience for both. Like Charlie had done, a, I think, writing before, but I kind of hadn't. So yeah. it, and And still, I'm very light on that but like he was more prepared than i was i think and it was it was a fun experience yeah i mean got to was, meet a lot of people that was awesome with a, with uh paul shear rob hubel and ziza ansari and then jason walliner directed it yeah. which was really Tom cool Giannis was around oh that's awesome yeah i mean it, what it was just like a crazy brain trust nick Mugis edited some of it or whatever. like he worked as oh, an yeah. editor on it i think um, i had done like a short for other music with Jason Wallner and Aziz or something. Maybe that's how it happened. Or oh, like yeah. met Aziz through that and then doing like Torco maybe oh, or something. Yeah. I don't even remember. I've, it all blends together. Do you remember Gilman's Night of a Thousand Cats? Of course. <laughs> how can you forget? I think so, I have the flyer in my garage. Oh, man. The, uh, <laughs> I'd love to see that. I went to like- I, mean, I have a trunk of just every flyer from that era. It's like- Oh, that's amazing. 700 pounds. Oh, my God. I have a few, but not nothing approaching that. But, um, but I'm yeah. a hoarder. <laughs> but that's a good, I mean, that's a good brand of hoarding. But um, the stage show- Super funny. And then they reprised it for Funny or Die uh, Presents. And Walliner directed that. So I kind of got, I went to the taping of that and kind of got to see him work. And I was like, oh, this guy definitely seems very unintimidated by yeah. the, the apparatus of, you know, like, but yeah, impressive group of people involved with that. 
Uh, and then you did some late night bits, right? Or, or like, <laughs> yeah, Charlie uh, Sanders was friendly with like the casting director Cecilia Pleva at, at, yeah. at yeah, Conan, yeah. and like he was doing a bunch of bits. And then we were doing more buffoon stuff together. So we were, I, I think, yeah, we got asked to do a couple. I was in my underwear a lot with Charlie, or just like some <laughs> like me and Charlie. It's like the opening. Remember that uh, desk driving bit yeah. where they would put the green screen behind him? It was the yeah. opening of Phantom Menace. Those were intense to to execute. Correct. Yeah, yeah. There was like a rehearsal. That was the best part about it, though, was just seeing Conan come in at two o'clock with a bit that you had been rehearsing for a couple hours and just go, "Don't do this, do this, do." This. And he would just come in and like he knew exactly. It was he was, and still is. Just like his brain is nuts. Like he yeah. would just go cut that, don't do that, don't do this, and then go. And you're like, oh. Wow. <laughs> yeah. W w working there, I really tried to not take that for granted, just the rehearsal on the feed aspect of mm -hmm. it, you know, um, just because you the, the osmosis of that, you just hope that sinks in, you know, like. Just hearing him talk for a couple minutes about those sketches each time we went in was like invaluable. Is yeah. that a word, invaluable? Yeah. It is? Yeah. Neat. It's one of those weird, like, flammable, inflammable things. Yeah. I yeah. don't know. I wouldn't know about those either. <laughs> um so the casting director would cast you, but then once you, would you sort of get attached to a certain writer once you worked with them or was it always just... You? At Conan? Yeah, would you like... No, I think it was more like, we need a big guy in his underwear. Okay, <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> I was like, I'm there, I'm Charlie. Okay. We need two. And yeah. it was like, Charlie's already here, so you're coming to... My, my afternoons are mostly free. <laughs> yeah, it was like, I think it was that. There was a desk driving bit where me and Charlie were Star Wars nerds. Like, he was Obi he was dressed as Obi-Wan Kenobi, and I was Darth Vader, and we had, like, a lightsaber fight, and then Conan hit us, and we, like, rolled over the car and fell. So it was like, I feel like it was a lot of, like, physical weird bits. Yeah, yeah. There was that uh, thing where he did, like, it was, like, the different channels. He had the remote control. yeah. And one that I did was, was like, satellite TV, satellite TV yeah, or something. Yeah. And, like, uh, it was the Blueberry Screams channel. <laughs> and it just cut to a shot of an elevator opening. And when it opened, I screamed and just blueberry sauce <laughs> fall out of my mouth. And the elevator doors closed again. But when we were shooting it, we were shooting it in 30 Rock. And we were on the eighth floor like where SNL was. And I wasn't on it. I mean, this is years before. Yeah. And Bruce Springsteen got out of the elevator at the exact time that we were shooting, like, one of the other elevators. And he just looked at me like he was a comic genius and just went, and I'm covered in blueberry sauce. He yeah. just goes, hey, you got a little something. <laughs> oh, man. Right there and walked past. And I was oh, just like, what this a great... building is bizarre. And I and oh. then I learned how true that was. What a great little moment, man. That's yeah, it awesome. was nuts. That, all that Conan stuff was the best. Uh, yeah. Like, I had a moment on Conan where uh, I went in to get a coffee. I had, like, made a coffee and stepped away. And when I went back to go get it, somebody was standing there making another coffee but had my coffee in their hand and handed it to me and was like, oh, this must be yours. And I was bartending at the time, so I went, cheers. And he went, oh, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> kind of went like that, and it was Ted Danson. Oh, and I and he heard cheers and was like, "Get out of my way!" And I was just oh, like, oh, "I didn't no. mean it like that. I didn't oh, mean it. I didn't no. even know it was Ted Danson." Like, and then did a show with him many years later. Told him that story, and he's like, "I have no clue what you're talking about." <laughs> oh my <laughs> yeah, god! Like, right. But that was Conan for me. It was like just millions of those weird moments. Yeah, those are my sitting favorite. in the hallway talking to Neil Young for twenty minutes oh for no god. reason. Yeah, yeah. There's all kinds of like just people rubbing shoulders with people yeah. that they'll probably never, yeah. you'll just never be in that context again. Like All of those hallways, you would just turn a corner 
And literally, I remember like just turning a corner, sitting down in a chair, and then Neil Young sat down next to me. I talked to him for 20 minutes. We had a cigarette in the oh, hallway. Oh, man. Like, <laughs> oh, man. That's a great. Yeah, Conan tells a story about how Neil Young like detuned his guitar as a joke or whatever. And, and Conan was like, in a, like, picked up his guitar and was like, what the fuck is going on? And then just heard him like cackle from the <laughs> other room or whatever. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> um, so then SNL, I mean, just some of the cast members at that time that you joined the show in 2008, Amy Poehler, Bill Hader, Fred Armisen, Kristen Wiig. I mean, just a fucking murderer's row yeah. uh, time. The and tail you, end of that, like, amazing, amazing class. Daryl was still there. That's right. Yep. Uh, and Seth Meyers, I think, was head writer. Mm -hmm. and, and then, so you were the My first new... episode was the first time Tina Fey did Sarah Palin. Oh, my God. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So you were the only new cast member, right? When you joined, were you? Were Me only... and John Mulaney got hired that year. He got oh, hired nice. as a writer, and we shared an office. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah. How did it feel joining kind of like that established group? Or was was it like, hey guys? Terrifying. Or, or, yeah. The first. It's funny. The first episode was like I I thank myself maybe for not understanding what was happening because the first episode was like space camp. Like just that whole week was an absolute dream. It felt wow. like. I can't believe they're letting me do this. And then from yeah, the second yeah. week until now, until the third, now, right now, I've been terrified. Okay, so the, <laughs> the, so the terror, like, took a moment. And yeah. Then, yeah. Um, man, yeah, I can't imagine that. I mean, it seems like when you join SNL, is it, I'm sure this is different for everybody, but is it, like, one big oh shit moment or is it just, like, all these different oh shit moments that play out <laughs> depending on. Yeah, all. I mean, that's a great way to put it. It was set. I remember, I have like this memory now that I think about a lot now, which is like the night uh, I got SNL or like it was just starting to get around that I had gotten, but like it wasn't announced yet. Gotcha. Yeah. You know, there was a uh, ask at UCB and Seth was there. And right before we went on stage, he was like, hey, I don't think we should say anything about it yet like until they announce it officially gotcha yeah and he was like i know you really want to and i was just like oh i get it and he was like just welcome now to a world of slights for the rest of your life and he was like also you'll never talk about anything else after this except gotcha. that gotcha and i just remember now like it was a super like just like he was trying to be extremely kind and he was yeah and it was right before we went on stage and i remember thinking it was like this offhanded thing but the more and more i think he was like that moment. Oh, wow. After that moment, it was, everything was different. Yeah. God, I can't imagine. And it's it's true. It's all you ever talk about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> did but you it's seek all advice? I ever talked about before. Like, going in, did you, like, between the time that you got cast and you joined the cast, did did, did you talk to any, like, cast I, members? Like, Sure, I try. You know, you, you try and you talk to other cast members and everyone has their journey and their story and their love or and or hatred for it. And it's fascinating. Yeah. I wish that Lauren had gone, congratulations, now get a therapist. Yeah. Like, immediately. <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> when people ask now, what's my advice? I go, just, like, get a therapist. That's yeah. all you got to do, and you'll be fine. And I also go, like, it's over. You already won. Yeah, yeah, Like, you yeah. already got the show. Like, enjoy it. Just enjoy yeah, it until yeah, it's yeah. gone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That sounds wise. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was interesting. There used to be, I mean, it's, there's still, it's still there, but there, there was, like, both SNL and uh, Late Night with Conan O'Brien were, were very connected. You know, like Conan worked on SNL, mm -hmm. Smigel, obviously. Uh, they're both at 30 Rock, you know, Odenkirk, like all, all like the first writers. And, and actually, Mike Sweeney used to uh, told me the story. Like he used to do warm up for both. 
Bomb. Yeah. And and he, he said, I hope I'm remembering this right, but he said that he didn't factor in dress rehearsal. And he was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> because he agreed to do it and then didn't realize that he had to do warm up twice. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> it was like, so it was long. It was like there were long uh, days slash nights. But oh, yeah. it is interesting that like, because I think they would also be on the feet. Like you'd see... Weren't they bo like both on the 30 Rock feed? Like, mm -hmm. a, yeah, like everything was on the feed. You would just turn yeah. it on and watch the rehearsals from Thursday on. Wow. Yeah. No, it's, it's always interesting. The one time I went to SNL was 2000 and uh, it was when Radiohead played. That was really interesting. Like just to see, it was, I saw dress rehearsal and. Uh, Who was the host? Kate Hudson. And she, I think she emphasized radio. She said like radio head or something like the way she said to me. I was like, okay. Um, the best, the best one is Patrick Stewart. He goes, ladies and gentlemen, salt and pepper. That's <laughs> the greatest. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> My favorite. Um, I always cherish those memories. I mean, like seeing like McKay kind of like prowling the hallways and, Ooh, and, and, and I wish. saw like, uh, like Tom York and Radiohead, like kind of like waiting to go on. And, and Tom York was like kind of like bouncing with excitement. And I'm like, holy shit. Well, Tom York is excited. <laughs> yeah, it had a very, I mean, like the coolness of it was never lost. You would see, like, it's just like standing there waiting to go on for a sketch and Spielberg is standing there laughing and you're just like, that's oh Steven Spielberg. And he makes a joke and you're just like, I got to go on live TV and process that right now. Yeah, It was yeah. just the craziest. Yeah, I'll process craziest that of the craziest. Yeah. yeah. It was absolutely <laughs> insane. Um, and then you've done, I didn't realize how much animation you've done. Like, what? I, like, <laughs> no, I just, <laughs> I had no idea. They took my voice and put it on. <laughs> like, well, it was funny. I was scrolling through your like IMDb and I was like, holy shit, like Moynihan's in a ton of stuff. And then I looked and I was like, oh, I'm at like 2021. Like I was like, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't like scroll back that far, but. I got um, kids, I'm busy. <laughs> I got to <be> busy. <laughs> Um, but uh, Secret Life of Pets is is awesome, and uh, and, that, and that's like one of the few movies that I can get my ten year old, my five year old degree on. So mm -hmm. we, that's on a lot. Like, got it. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. And then Lofi, which I was happy to uh, discover. Is there an origin story to to Lofi? Yeah, <laughs> I love manatees. I just love them, <laughs> just little sea cows. Um, and uh, my wife for Christmas when we like f first got together adopted a manatee like did like one of those things where it's like I just got a certificate that said here this is your manatee his name is Chessie he lives in the <laughs> Chesapeake Bay he's not supposed to be there <laughs> like it was just like a map with a weird squiggle on it he just like went up the uh, the intercoastal and ended up it looks up like the <laughs> they took a picture of a manatee off the internet and made up a story a backstory and went thanks for 60 bucks <laughs> and there was a manatee calendar and I was uh, I was disappointed that Chessie wasn't in the he didn't make the calendar. They might as well fudge that if he's they not. They should yeah, just yeah, make yeah. him November. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, just at least jo January would be too obvious. I'm not. Yeah, exactly. That's my birthday. I'm not that lucky. But uh, but uh, and it just became a joke. And then I just wrote down a dumb idea about um, a manatee that sold weed. Because I liked the idea of, like, he couldn't leave his tank, but it was such good weed that people would have to, like, break into a zoo to get it. <laughs> but I also thought if it was ever an animated series, you wouldn't have to move from one spot. Because I just wanted to do, like, a Dr. Katz, but with... Yeah. 
a manatee. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> just do like an improvised cartoon, but then it just became this weird, fun little project to learn how to do. I just wanted to start doing more animation, and that was kind of my first low-stakes weird like, I'll do Lofi. <laughs> yeah, it's really funny. Thanks. And Will McLaughlin, is he do oh, voice the in? Oh, greatest. Like, yeah. yeah, he's the colonel. Oh, Which wow. is a nickname we, he got, what we call him the colonel on um, PCR. Oh, yeah, He yeah. plays an eagle named the colonel. <laughs> he is uh, hyper-intelligent, that guy. Super smart guy. One of the best just humans in the world. I really love everything about him. One of the best reveals of a human ever as I went to Will's house. I was like, I don't drink very often, but I remember being like, this is a night where like I was hammered. Mm-hmm. And like I, it was one of those nights where you go, remember that night? Yeah. And I just remember walking into Will McLaughlin's room and he had a collection of 10 robots. And I was just like, well, that's fucking my boy. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know if I'm cares. No, no, no. Uh, but uh, it was one of the greatest reveals ever. I was like, of course, Will McLaughlin collects 10 robots. They're beautiful and they're. It was amazing. I yeah. love that man. Yeah, we bonded just because, I, I don't know, because we're both named Will probably more than Smart. anything. That's but, good. <laughs> but I did a thing. Did you ever watch the Knife Guys? Those those dudes, they kind of became internet famous. They're pretty well loved. Oh, like, in, in the, that, like... That just got, like, the, the guy, in, like... In the QVC world. Yeah, you know, exactly. Yes, I know exactly what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did kind of like a internet video thing. It was supposed to be all in the QVC world, but he and uh, this guy, Will Greenberg, also really funny. Uh, I cast them to do the Knife Guys thing. And and McLaughlin, he could have done that for like 72 hours straight. <laughs> like I was in his Buff True Muscle show, which was like a parody of Mr. Goodbody, where he was in that jumpsuit with the muscle. And oh, he did I, it at UCB. We did it for months or years, probably. And it was one of my favorite things I've ever been a part of. He's, yeah. he's absolutely hilarious. Yeah. He does not drop the ball, that guy. And then you did The Simpsons, which had to be like, I the mean. The coolest. Yeah. Just nuts. Yeah. That's cool. Is that, is that, do they always do table reads or is that, or is that for just. I got a call and was, and, and like ended up in a studio very quickly and did it. And then just like a couple weeks later saw my name in the Simpsons font and was like oh my my god God. (laughs) like as a kid like you're just like I can't believe it but it was a very quick thing I didn't go I didn't get to go to a table read I think like I I was I could but I just couldn't make it because of SNL or something like that yeah yeah that whole process fascinates me we had an amazing experience one of the animators like one of I think he basically when they like Simpsonize like a person, like he's the guy that kind of like gotcha. does that or whatever. But we had lunch with him because my my wife uh, works with his uh, wife, and and it was so cool because my my daughter's obsessed with The Simpsons. She's literally like How gone through the whole thing. She's ten. She really likes to draw, and and he like at the beginning of the lunch, he was like how many points of, uh, does Bart's hair have? And she's like, nine. And he's like, okay, I'll talk to you. And whatever, like, wow. Like, so Why did like, I know that? Did you know that? I did. Oh, wow. Why? I don't know. I don't know if I would. I don't, I don't know, know if I'm disappointed or proud of myself right I, now. I would, I'd be going Both to be a little, proud. I think, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I assume you still like the the, the animation process. Is, is that? Yeah, like, I love it. It's If it's the only thing I did, I'd be like, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's great. Uh, I love it. I, I think I just, uh, after SNL, I started getting a couple, like, voiceover stuff. It, I got a call from Dan Scanlon, uh, who directed Monsters University. And he oh, was just yeah. like, I saw this sketch you did, and I had, like, one line in a sketch. It was like a 
digital short. We were in pajamas. We were playing little kids stabbing each other. I don't even remember what it was. He was like, I just thought you were funny if you want to play this, this, like, and I was like, a, like the vil, one of the villains in Monsters University. Oh, and that's I had a awesome. couple lines, but I got to like go to Pixar and like oh, record wow. a couple. And then like, because I was there, I got to improvise a little. So then like they used some of that. And then I got to go back and like it got a little bigger and it was just like, but that was kind of like my first like huge four into like real like how they do like I got to go to Pixar and yeah. like you know tour yeah, the yeah. thing and, and go record there and then Inside Out came around I got to do it again with Paula Poundstone and like oh wow that was super fun and 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 just got super lucky with animation and have have stuck with it and like at one point it was on like ten cartoons and I was like this is the best. I mean, is it nice post SNL to be like slightly more anonymous or whatever? Does does that factor in at all, or is it or is it not really re related to that? That's funny. I have no clue how to answer that question because, like, I don't leave the house anyway. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just like the pandemic was like the greatest thing because I was just like, sweet. Yeah. Now I can't leave. Like now yeah. it's, it's just not my fault anymore. <laughs> and like, <laughs> and. Uh, yeah, no, I I I roam pretty freely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I look like every white dude. Oh, nice. <laughs> so I think they just go like, like yeah, I go yeah. to Comic Con and just walk around, and and people go like, "How much is this?" And I'm like, "I don't work here." Oh, that's great. <laughs> so, so, so you're you're not because I was wondering if people like harassed you and wanted to do like Drunk Uncle or Guy Fieri or like. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't get that. I that's don't good. get that. I I I get like, it's funny in New York. Oh, yeah. The last time I was back in New York, I walked out of the hotel and I was a little bit like, ah, garbage. Like, I miss this place. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I was like, like a little bit having a moment of like, oh, I grew up here. The craziest time of my life was here. Yeah, yeah. And I'm back. And like, I've been a dad in California behind a fence for three years. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because of the pandemic. And like, I was just having a very sentimental moment of New York. And I just hear, morning! back and like some like cab went back and some guy screamed Moynihan's back and I was like that's not like I'm Derek Jeter I was yeah, like what yeah. the hell just happened like, like strawberry like well it was just weird it's like that feeling of New York of kind of like we got Saturday Night Live we like you're our team pal like yeah, you know like yeah, it was yeah. just like Joe Keenan he's the best asshole like, <laughs> It was awesome. It was an awesome feeling. I'm yeah. just like, someone just screamed Moynihan's back. That was real sweet. That made me feel like I lived here. So I saw uh, your your Party Down uh, characters. Really fucking funny. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> it's so crazy. Like, I love that sh show so much. And then to be able to get a part on an episode that Ken Marino directed. Yeah. Like, it was... Yeah, that yeah. was another one of those like comedy fantasy camp days of like, okay, I got the pink ties on. This is the best. I love this show. I can't believe I'm on it. Like, I know, it Espe especially with the kind of the bonus aspect of the, you know the time that it elapsed. Mm -hmm. That was very cool. Um, one of the things that I'm hoping to do with this podcast is kind of like save the world, save the world. Yeah, yeah. You should. That, that's nice. Of you. Yeah, one manatee at a time. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but but uh, I'm talking to a lot of like UCB people to start out, but I plan on talking to like stand-ups, humorists, like just people from all over the map. Part of what I, I'm curious about is kind of like, like trying to make a m money off of something that comes naturally, basically. You know, it's like, I can't imagine you not being a comedian, basically. Like, but, 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 but then you're like, how, how the, like, I gotta, I gotta figure out how to make a living off of this. Like, yeah, that was a weird transition. I think like I had a real big wake up call when SNL ended, which mm. was like, 
a little bit like, okay, remember that weird thing you wanted as a kid? Well, it happened and yeah. it lasted for 10 years and now it's done. Yeah. All the stuff that you thought about just happened. Yeah, yeah. Now what? Yeah. And there was a little bit of that and it was like, I went like, well, mom, I'm going to go do the sitcom on CBS. Like that, like I got a job. They like me. And yeah, it was like, yeah. then that was over. And then it was like, oh, I'll go do this other one. It's a Tina Fey show. It's amazing. And then that one's gone. And you're yeah, like, yeah. um, and yeah. you start to get scared. But it, I think, thank goodness for the pandemic in a way for me because i that's when i learned like that i loved animation and i made a cartoon in my closet and that uh drive that we all had at ucb that was like we're gonna spend six of our ten dollars for food on props for our comedy show yeah yeah and we're gonna do it yeah and we're gonna get it done like that kind of drive was a little bit gone after SNL. I was exhausted. Oh, like, you oh, know, understandably like it was, it so. Was, yeah, it was also like a little bit like what just happened. Yeah, and then the pandemic was a little bit of like slow down and think and like then it was like oh you can write and you can do this and and like it it almost made it where it was like I reset and went. I love working with these people and that's what I want to do. So seek out ways to work with people you enjoy working with. Like it just yeah. changed everything and kind of set me on a different track. I wrote a children's book. Yeah, yeah. I like just that, a yeah. bunch of like weird things that I never would have done because I was forced to slow down and kind of go, hey, that crazy part is over. Now you're an adult with kids. Like and yeah. think about it. Your wife and daughter was SNL for 10 years and now your wife and daughter are your real wife and daughter. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like a little bit of that. It was yeah. a little bit of like, oh boy, yeah, I got to learn how to do this business. And also moving to Los Angeles and and trying to fit in in this, like in actual Hollywood is fascinating because yeah. like I'm a fat dude from Westchester. <laughs> <laughs> and, they, and they act like it when I'm out here. <laughs> oh man. It's amazing. Oh God. It's amazing. Like I love seeing the people from that scene and just kind of how everybody's kind of a like stuck together and work together a lot because it's like it's like i think comedy and music there's a lot of like parallels but most good bands were together like knew each other in high school or college or yeah. you know i mean like mo most like and a lot of good like comedy groups same thing, you know, they're, they're, they're early 20s, you know, or post-college or whatever. You know? Well, it's crazy now to get a, like, uh, you know, an email that says, like, hey, do you want to go out for this? And it's like, oh, that, I worked with that person 25 years ago, and now they're the, now they're producing a Broadway show, or yeah. they're, or they're doing this, or they're, uh, they've, they've written, and like, it's, it's absolutely insane, and a, a huge lesson in, like, Thank goodness I was nice to that person. Yes. Or thank goodness I wasn't a jerk to that person when I was teaching them and I got SNL and left. Yeah. Because they just put me in a movie. Like totally. and like I they were I was their 101 teacher. Yeah. Like or something. Like it's like it's bizarre. I still have a like a mental spreadsheet of like people of of just like, oh, Jeff Hiller. I've never had a bad uh, interaction no. with Jeff Hiller. You know, like yeah. like I still like all that stuff is still very much alive in my brain. Even if I, I wish I could them. say the same about ah. Jeff Hiller. No, I'm just kidding. He's the greatest. <laughs> There's only so many sideways Draculas that can happen before something goes <laughs> oh, wrong. Oh, Jeff Hiller. <laughs> Jeff Hiller was Kendrick. Kendrick. I mean, like the famous character. Yeah, there, it's, yeah. He had like there. It's so funny that like 
I think about characters from UCB sketch shows as if they are as like I'm like you don't know like everyone knows Kendrick Ridiculous Larry you don't know yeah. Ridiculous Larry like <laughs> Sideways Dracula there's no difference between Sideways Dracula and like Samurai Deli and yeah yeah like, they're just they're the they're all the same <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> and then uh, so you you still do improv right like with some regularity or. Um, I have been doing a lot more recently, yeah. How is that with, I'm always curious because, well, I mean, I, I I didn't do the improv for a long time. I, d- I did some stuff at the LA theater, but but it was only just like a storytelling show that uh, Finkelstein and I uh, did. I'm always curious because there's some people, like I talked to Jackie Clark, she doesn't really perform that much anymore. I talked to Colton he and Seth Morris, they still perform quite a bit. I'm so, I'm curious to like, I at this for, age. Yeah, like, I stopped for a super long time. Like, I think I tried to force it a lot when I was still at SNL. Like, I was still doing Stepfathers as much as I could. I was on a team called Stepfathers when I got SNL. Yeah. And like, would try and do ASCAP, but it was like, it was just, physically insane like it was like 72 hour days and then go try and do four hours of free improv like it was like it was too much i took a break for a while i got a little burnt out from it and like now i'm in a good spot where like i do it enough where like i enjoy going to do it again but it's it a little bit feels like picking up the bike and getting back on it and practicing like it's it's weird i'm in a weird phase where like i'm much more patient and quiet and trying to listen. Like, I, I feel yeah. like I'm relearning after the pandemic that's, a little bit. That's really interesting. I was I was curious about that. But And in the same vein, and like me, I think this is really shitty to say, but like, I don't care as much. But that's good. Yeah. yeah like, yeah, it's yeah. like, it's not like, you know, it's like if people start to like talk about the show afterwards, I'm a little bit like, it's over. Yeah. <laughs> we made all of that up on the spot. Yeah. And we're all going home. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> like, kind of the point. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like, the, like that part of it is, it's kind of nice to just go like, like, I'm going to go play horse with myself. Yeah, yeah. I can just reteach myself how to get good at these basics and listen, and then you could do a good, and then it starts to, yeah. and you feel like you're in, you know, it feels like you're in cage match again all of a sudden. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, you can't go wrong with listening, you know, like. I disagree, but no. I, <laughs> <laughs> you sound like you were in Police Chief Rumble. Rumble. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Chief Rumble's um, only rule was yes and Sinbad. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> Well, Bobby, man, I really appreciate you doing this. And and it was so fun to talk to you and just get a sense of the L.A. Bobby. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, I don't do these interviews. Thank you for reminding me of the stuff I've done and making me feel nice. And it's good to see you again. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Bobby Moynihan. I loved hearing about Police Chief Rumble. I can't believe I almost went my whole life without knowing about Sideways Dracula. Dan Powell and Nick Mugis are two great examples of people who are really funny improvisers, but ended up pursuing careers behind the camera. Dan went on to produce and direct shows like Inside Amy Schumer, Life and Beth, and I Think You Should Leave with Tim Robinson. Mugis is a really talented editor who has worked on shows like Human Giant, Broad City, and The Chris Gethard Show. Life and Comedy is recorded at Jet Road Studios. Please rate and review the show and follow Jet Road and Life and Comedy on Instagram. YouTube, too. Much appreciated. <laughs>